To our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Spoiler Alert. Spoiler Alert! I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. So if you ever have any hosting duties, if you need me to come to your house and help you host uh, like a barbecue or uh, a little sip and paint, I'll, I'll come host it. Are, are you bris? obligated to? They, oh, not because I'm their host. You are now. their host. I am their yeah. host. Yeah. Uh, and I'm here to host today's Spoiler Alert episode, oh. brought to you by. Me. Uh, <laughs> with me this week is Len. It was up. It's the batch of them. How's that cookie? Very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, Brian. There oh, he is. I thought there you would is. say my name and I name. would say hello. Yeah, you, you introduced a paradigm and then you just immediately <laughs> yeah. left. Also, it. Noel is with us. Ah, hi. Hey. Number three. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Noel, four. number Do three. Do I count with those? Um, we're here to talk about this week's comic books, but first, we've got letters. We've got letters? Oh, we've got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. This one's from the Home Dad Abroad. It came last week, but it was so long that I was like, you know what? We're going to wait. Yeah. But here it is. Huh? is uh, you you're, you worth, can unbait your breath. Worth the wait. <sighs> Gentlemen, and that term gets looser the more I use it with you. Mm. <sighs> every, you time, every time. Every time it gets looser. Since you were all good enough to conclusively answer my query what's wrong with us and allow the world to move on with a greater understanding of each of ours place in it i will reward you all by deeming to pry open the near limitless depths of my arcane comic book knowledge pool and preach to you the truth oh the one oh. truth oh. the greatest secret never acknowledged why is the primary marvel comic universe numbered 616 that's a question What's the answer? <laughs> he goes on. Oh, good. <laughs> Wait, should we, should we attempt to answer this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Does anyone else want to give uh, a question? Well, there were 615 right before it. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a Captain Britain thing from yeah, um, Alan Moore's Alan Captain Moore. Britain run. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. just he oh. randomly designated it. I, I, from what I understood, he just randomly designated it as such, and everything was like reverse engineered from that. Hmm. Yes, it was Alan Moore. Huh. No. Obviously. Obviously. The, origi the original writer is how they, they credit him now. Oh, fuck. With all caps, what? the original writer. Because he doesn't of, like to of have his Captain name. Captain Britain? Or well, anything, oh, anything he that he doesn't the own, original the original writer. writer. Can he lay claim to that? In what sense is he the original writer? Well, yeah. he, doesn't, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't claim it. Just in, in oh, like... other people call Marvel him has that? designated him the original writer. The original and it's writer. all in caps, like oh. T-O-W. Yeah. Huh. Uh, when Moore was penning... Captain Britain, he opened up the Marvel Universe to the concept of a multiverse. <laughs> Aside from Marvel's What If title and Epic Illustrated and the Epic Comics imprint and Star imprint, Marvel had to that moment never explored the idea of more than one universe within their superhero publishing empire. So Moore cracked open the gate and revealed the Captain Britain core stationed in the Omniverse and guarding over all realities. But how to distinguish one reality from another? Hmm. He could have just randomly assigned designations like at his other employer, which would later become, to him, the much-reviled DC Comics. 
Earth One. Oh, and the Golden Age that came before will be Earth Two. Yeah. Oh, and the evil Earth can be Earth Three, and the Nazi Earth is X. Then there's Prime and A, and he goes on. Um, that doesn't seem that random, though. It seems like a numerical order, <laughs> 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 starting with one, yeah. which is yeah. one thing that I like about 616. I always thought it was cool that it was like, well, well it's just one of them. Well, but then it goes huh. zero and A and Earth B2, Earth uh, AD, I guess they did eventually Earth C+. Do yeah. Oh, C+, plus, yeah. Um, it was totally random, like vitamins. Uh, of course, more thought. I'll make it seem random because I'm Alan Moore and I'm so much smarter and more well-read and angrier than all of you. Did he spell more like Alan Moore spells his last name? Well, Alan Moore replaces <laughs> more well-read than you. Alan Moore is then with more. No, I wish. He re- he yeah. act- in his real life, he actually replaces all more with Morse. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can tell because yeah. it, we can't see his dialogue. But he written. knows. But it. he's doing it. Yeah. He knows. He knows. It. He's also scripted out every conversation he's ever had. <laughs> so he dug deep and thought, what if I gave Marvel the number of the beast from the Bible, thus cleverly cleverly suggesting that Marvel is the devil. Wouldn't that be clever or just horribly obvious? Oh, and the publisher and editors would never go for it because as soon as Jim Shooter saw 666, he would instantly recognize it as the business address of DC Comics over on Fifth Avenue. Unacceptable. Moore, instead, dipped his chalice of spite into the bog of religious argument that had tried to pretend that the Bible was never mistranslated at any point in its history, despite the numerous evidence that it was many times yeah. 666 apparently was a bastardization of the numerical transliteration of the name Nero Caesar originally 616 in Hebrew and which in the non too subtle writings of mostly illiterate ancient peoples were eventually compiled into the New Testament and meant to be a criticism of Caesar as the Antichrist which at the time meant one who speaks for Christ you know like every Pope does in the end, no one noticed that Alan Moore, prior to his official disillusionment with the big two comics publishers, planted a perpetual insult in the Marvel Universe that Marvel Comics is the, pick your favorite, A, devil, B, anti-DC, C, a false leader in the world of comics, D, a delicious inside joke that warms the cockles of Moore's heart the more Earth 616 spreads into the popular zeitgeist, E, completely random number designation chosen by one of the most meticulous and detailed and researched writers who ever tried to work a rape into as many stories about powerful and pure-hearted comic book role <laughs> models as he can. Yeah, that is... Circle yeah. the answer that satisfies your worldview, put down your pencils, and turn over your test. You failed. The home dad abroad. P.S. I can already hear the cantankerous bile gurgling up into the arguments over this week's books. Soon, soon your transition will be complete. Uh, he's the one who writes in and wants us. We're all too nice, and we need to fight. He doesn't care for the niceness. Yeah. But does our niceness oblige us to fight at his behest? You know what? No, whatever, whatever you whatever you say, Brian. I think you're okay. probably right. Hey. Whatever you say. Right, it's it's just, it's, uh, it's currently it's currently in the morning. <laughs> it's 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 uh, uh, roughly ten o'clock this morning. Yeah. Um, and you guys look great. You, you. you guys, you're handsome. You yeah. smell nice. You it's early. Yeah. You got coffee. I've, you guys I've always out. loved your smile. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even before he saw you, he knew he loved it. <laughs> uh, I have heard that just... thing about Nero before. Oh, um, I had not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was, because he was, uh, whether or not this stuff is true, it could have been later slander, but he like burned a lot of Christians uh, yes. at his walkway, you know, and... Uh, fed them to the lion. Where you do your walk. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't right want to burn them just anywhere. From por- <laughs> right? from porch, make it make a scene. Exactly. They were yeah. like to light the walkway, so that's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> little little like Christians 
instead of just like likes. Yeah, like yeah. on posts. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You know. um, although the thing about him playing the violin while Rome burned, I've heard, is not true at all. It's so, too poetic to be real. Yeah, and it was a mandolin. Oh, see, that's what <laughs> it was. It was actually yeah. a he couldn't play the violin. <laughs> it was a symbol. He was he was had <laughs> no tune. He was just like banging it <laughs> and Rome burned. <laughs> no rhythm at all. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this week's books. I'm going to start us off with a book that only half of us read because I am a jerk. Far Sector Number 1 by N.K. Jemison <laughs> is the writer, and Jamal Campbell, the artist. Uh, Diamond has this to say, N.K. Jemison, the acclaimed, award-winning author of The Broken Earth and Inherited Science Fiction Trilogies, makes her comic book debut with best-selling Naomi artist... Jamal Campbell, as they thrust you into a stunning sci-fi murder mystery on the other side of the universe. For the past six months, newly chosen Green Lantern sojourner Joe Moline has been protecting the city enduring, a massive metropolis of 20 billion people. The city has maintained peace for over 500 years by stripping its citizens of their ability to feel. As a result, violent crime is virtually unheard of and the murder is non-existent. But that's all about the change in this new maxi-series that gives a DC young animal spin to the legacy of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> uh, it was great, y'all. Uh, this is the I was actually really looking forward to this. There was a couple of questions on the tippies of my tongues. Uh, one, it's not called the Green Lantern Far Sector, which very strange to me to not have Green Lantern in the title. Um, just to bring it home to people. So, like, it's the, the name recognition. Right. But it's a young animal book, so I was like, oh, that, I, guess it, I guess it makes sense. Is it not really in continuity? I don't know. Well, I, isn't young animal technically in continuity? I don't yeah. know. It is, I yeah. I just it's, said it's, I don't know. It's technically in continuity. <laughs> you were very um, upfront about that. <laughs> I, I thought that this was, was fun as hell, too. It so was, I, yeah. I am not, I was not familiar with N.K. Jemisin. However, Jamal Campbell is, like, quickly becoming one of my favorite artists. Oh, for sure. So, you know, give it a shot. But mm -hmm. this was bonkers awesome yeah yeah um it did and i don't want to say suffer it did exhibit the same thing that i have seen many times from authors i'm sorry novelists who have come hmm. into comics the comics field to write their first comic book and it can be overwritten a lot of tell not show yeah yeah but yeah. for yeah. some reason that did not bother me here it is very overwritten <laughs> yes but it's all interesting and uh, say, uh like i had the same kind of like you know i opened the first three pages and it's just it's word bubble it's text boxes and word bubbles yeah. galore mm -hmm. so i kind of was like oh it's a novelist maybe it's a little bit overwritten but the story itself is a procedural and all the text boxes are her the the main characters joe's thought process while going yeah. through the evidence and understanding the world because mm -hmm. she is new to this so it really worked like the overwrittenness actually kind of worked as part of the story as opposed to it being just like a hurdle for a new comic book writer. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it, everything works well together. Uh, I like this new planet that we're being introduced to and all of the races within. Um, they seem to be following a... My initial reaction was Native American with the way they name things. Yeah, let me find a name. Uh, well, Lum I mean, the city, the it's called The City Enduring. Lumiere of the Cliffs by, water, by Wavering Dark. And then people that have multiple uh, modifiers in their names, uh, it's like high rank. Yeah, so yeah. it's March of the Sea by the Wavering Dark until the Sun Falls. So, like, that's a very important person because they have three modifiers. Like, it's just... Sounds so like Fiona Apple album title. <laughs> when the Pond dot dot dot. 
No, this was and uh, the character design was fantastic. Joe is so cool. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that's um, what I like looking through the book. This was it, this was just look at that ring too. Beautiful. Well, oh. that, okay. So here are some of my other things. Um, with the Green Lantern aspect of this book, mm-hmm. I'm not sure she's technically a legitimate Green Lantern ah. because when we see her, there's like a flashback of her receiving the ring, mm-hmm. and we don't get it from a um, guardian. A guardian. Okay. Well, it's and it's all close up. I don't know who it came. From. Is it? Did somebody well, give it to her? Because often nowadays they Find fly it. there on their own. Right. No, you know? no. Yeah, Someone yeah. hands it to her. Um, Could this and be one of those like F sharp bell kind of deals? Where explained. it's like, uh, there's an Alan Moore thing, um, where F sharp bell is like the Green Lantern of some world that doesn't have any light. So they mm-hmm. had to create a new... You know, like a special case kind of green. Maybe, lantern. but okay, she seems yeah. like a. She's supposed to be a Green Lantern. Right, right, right. I, it doesn't okay. seem. Nothing seems out of sorts with her. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not like I can see a reason for her to have a different ring. And she's of Earth. Oh, she's of Earth. She's an Earthling. Oh. Yeah, she's human. Um, hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the, um, oh, and then the way Jamal. I can't tell if it's the way Jamal Campbell draws the Green Lantern energy. Mm-hmm. If it's supposed to be different than regular Green Lantern, uh. lantern energy, because it does seem almost digital. Yeah, they, in the oh, way it builds. They mentioned it in the back um, that her she's different from other Green Lanterns, but she is a Green Lantern. So it's her battery never needs to be charged. However, Good so man. that so she's she is a Green Lantern, but it's like a different t- type of ring never needs to be charged. But it doesn't allow her to do all of the things that normal Green Lanterns do. I'm not sure and she flies. She doesn't. Ha- really? No, uh, she doesn't. She doesn't have a. Sector designation, just this planet, because hmm. it's 20 billion people. Hmm. So it's almost like a weird um, offshoot or black ops version in a way. But or 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 like a um, what's the uh, I internal affairs mm-hmm. kind of version of? Oh. That's what I was wondering yeah. whether it, yeah, whether yeah. or not she was actually like the the person that polices the Green Lanterns or something like that. Maybe to some degree, but it, like this is the planet is her beat and. She's green, literally. Like it's her first murder. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that kind of green. Yeah. Not so figuratively. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I guess that's literal like, for that meaning. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, or maybe instead of F. Sharp Bell, like an Alan Scott deal. When during the times when he's like associated with the Green Lanterns because they were working it in, but it's different. And, yeah. 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 Um, I'm interested. I'm very interested. Mm, yeah. uh, this is this hit all my expectations. I was I was really looking forward to this book, and I think it nailed everything I wanted from this book. Um, and on another level. While I am done with Hal Jordan as a character, ever mm. since the uh, Jeff Johns run ended and he gave us the future of Hal Jordan, I went, well, I can I can wash my hands of this character. I feel like I've got his entire history huh. yeah. and everything that came after it felt less than. Yeah. Um, I, I've been able to move on, but that does not mean that it has quelled my need for a Green Lantern story. Ah. So mm-hmm. while this, I like this brand new character and I like the intrigue and I like the murder mystery, mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah, as somebody that is... Um, wildly dejected from the Green Lantern book right now. Mm. This makes me very happy. Yeah, that yeah, going from Black Stars and mm. the Grant Morrison stuff of the past several months to yeah. this was a, a, a welcome More fre- straight up Green Lantern. Well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's I wouldn't even call it straight up. It's just it's a it's a more amenable twist to oh, yeah. the Green okay. Lantern mythos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. As opposed to as opposed to mining Every single pebble of forgotten history, sometimes forgotten for a reason, which is what uh, Grant Morrison likes to do. This is taking different, it's making different rules in a very solid way. It's really, really fun. Sweet. I love this. I'm just, I flipped through it and immediately fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And I am one who, um, 
I dipped in dipped into N.K. Jemison's writing, the Broken North uh, trilogy. Um, so I'm familiar with it. She's a great writer. I love the visuals. I love Jamal Campbell's work. Mm. Uh, so I saw this immediately. And while I was surprised that we weren't reviewing it, like it wasn't in our package to review for today, I didn't mind because I knew that once this comes out, I'm going to yeah. collect it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like this is a no-brainer. I have to be I have to be honest, too. Like I was, I had a little bit of hate for like stem, steaming into this because this book means that the next volume of Naomi is going to be right. far yeah. off because yeah. this is a maxi series and he was committed to like Jamal Campbell was committed to this before Naomi kind of blew up. Yeah. It was only mm-hmm. supposed to be six issues. I gotta say, but now that I read this, I'm like, I'm good. If I had to both pick exist one or in the, the world, I'm I'm more interested in Far Sector than I am in a, a Naomi sequel. Hmm. Yeah, the the writing the writing to the Naomi miniseries felt so. Um, Decompressed. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That nothing. I don't. I felt a little. It didn't feel like a big meal to me. Bendis, like it was right? just like a long yeah. meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a long <laughs> snack. A long snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want, but I this. This both. was like. This was two meals. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's hefty. Mm. Um, let's move on to the next book on the docket: The Batman's Grave, number two, by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. A man was murdered, and the Batman is in his head. And he knows how it happened. All he has to do now is survive his own deduction. Don't miss the second chapter of this new thriller from writer Warren Ellis and artist Brian Hitch. I was not thrilled with uh, episode two of this. Uh, it's the worst <laughs> solicit in the world. Like uh, the the killers in the head of the killed who. No, the Batman, Batman is in his, his head. head. But his head, although that his head contradicts might, the his head the might kill him. Yeah. Where he can't get in the killer's heads, yeah. he gets in the victims' heads. So the first the first thing I noticed about this book <laughs> is that it took me three minutes to read. Funny <laughs> you should say that, JD, because if you recall, I said I didn't read it, uh-huh. right? And then while <laughs> was you three were minutes ago, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And now, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just finished. No, but while you were doing some show research, uh-huh. I read it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. I mean, I definitely skimmed a little more than I usually would, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was I not even a snack. This is. The, you know why it felt like a. It felt like a slight only because I. I didn't notice while I was reading it because I was enjoying, hmm. you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, fight, cool. Hmm. This is a nice art, great. Get to like the meat of the issue and the dialogue, and then all of a sudden it's over within mm-hmm. five pages. Yeah. And I had to go back. I'm like, wait, did something go missing? I looked at the page count. It was like 32 of 35. I'm like, no, 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 this is the end of the book. So <laughs> I went back and I was just like, oh my God, the first 12 pages are a fight sequence. Yeah. And there's only 10. Uh-huh. Word balloons uh-huh. and like fifty words uh-huh. across all twelve pages, <laughs> which is fine for some chapters. Like yeah. uh, that, that you know, there's been silent issues, there's been extended sure. fight sequences, but for some reason, this one against a no name that we've never met before yeah. felt With like yeah. a dumb hair. like a like yeah. a yeah bozo he, hair. Like it he felt looks bad. like he should be somebody we've met before, and the fact that he isn't so is not. like, yeah. what's yeah. the deal? You Plus, know, he doesn't yeah. look like somebody who it would take Batman twelve no. pages to right. fight. Thank that's you. what it is. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, where yeah. I wound up. I was flipping. I was going, all right, here we go, fight, fight, fight. Why? How? What, what's with this guy that he's taking on the Batman? Yeah. How? Right. How is he actually? And then I, I don't know. Is yeah, because they're tired? knocking through walls, and I yeah. mean, like it's not just like even just confined to one space or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess like the Riddler was introduced at a time too, as was you know all of his other villains, and you can't introduce a new villain, 
but this didn't have what it takes, in my yeah, opinion. See, yeah, and yeah. It's no problem with introducing a new villain, but even with the Riddler, the be- the better Riddler stories, yeah, yeah, will yeah. always speak to how the Riddler and even like the Penguin, certain villains are not a physical match mm-hmm. for Batman. Sure. Yeah, they purposefully yeah. stay away from that. Also, I would, I would, I would argue that the, the pacing is a problem too. Like, so we saw the man's face as the cliffhanger of the last issue. Yeah. Didn't know what the fuck he was, but like, hey, maybe we'll find out and it'll be great. Right. The first 12 pages of this is him like a like a rabid dog attacking Batman. I don't know his physical threat. I don't yeah. know his emotional threat. I don't know his name. I've never, like, yeah. Yeah. so to spend this much real estate on some crazy looking dude just felt like a waste. Now, just to take the other side here, mm-hmm. is it possible that... Maybe this is an element of the thing that we sometimes complain about, or I'm sorry, an answer to the thing we complain about, which is tell, don't show. And they're showing mm. us. So instead of having Batman have a bunch of thought bubbles of mm. like, man, he's blocking all my uh, my blows and he's able to knock me through walls. This guy's stronger than I anticipated, blah, blah, blah. We're seeing that through the artwork. Mm. Brian Hitch is doing the work of maybe telling us all of these things of like, yeah, he's not, Batman's not saying, I'm having trouble with this guy, but the fact that it takes 12 pages mm. should alert us the reader, okay, this guy is a threat. I mean, and it is well done artwork, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good fight sequence. Um, I think maybe if the follow-up had given us... We don't really get anything about that guy. It's just like, oh, he's uh, the guy that eats faces, and... Eduardo Flamingo. Eduardo Flamingo, his or his, his nom de guerre, yeah. I believe. It's, it, you know what? Adverse to that, I agree with what you're saying, but adverse to that... It's offered no gravitas in the context of the book. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter that they're showing, not telling. They're showing us something that we don't know how much weight it should have in the moment. Well, mm-hmm. I will say, though, at the, um, after the battle and Batman returns, returns home, the dialogue at least has him, you know, uh, sounding like he's frustrated with how the morning mm-hmm. went. Mm-hmm. So that, like, you know, sh- him kind of acknowledging... Oh my God! I've had a bad day, and with the police too, he says. Yeah, like yeah, yeah like yeah, dude, yeah. like unless you, unless y'all, I, I really don't need this shit right <laughs> yeah. now. Just take dude and, and keep it moving. So it does. He does in a way kind of acknowledge what JD's pointing out that you know this maybe took longer than he even expected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. You know what? Actually, now that you say that, I'm wondering if this is a day in the life of Batman, right? Because the whole deal is like. Alfred's worried that the the way he lives his life, he goes out and he's Batman. Eventually, he's going to wind up in this grave. He's not worried. He's convinced this what? is going to happen. Yeah. And so... As well, he should be, because yeah. everyone dies. I mean, that right. And uh, he's putting himself in a lot of Batman-related yeah. danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So, um, and he's frustrated, but it's not like, oh, my God, that was the greatest villain I ever faced. Yeah. Maybe, that is the, maybe that is the essence of the issue, or this part of the story, because it seems like it's done, and he's moving on to the next thing mm-hmm. by the end of it. Maybe that's the deal. Well, like, then I take umbrage yeah. with how they separated the chapters then, mm. because yeah. that is we had to talk ourselves into that kind of mm. maybe mm-hmm. possible understanding of it sure. because the way that they separated the chapters and paced this out, if it being a big thing with no weight, yeah. and yeah. then it's given lip service, it, like it just it feels mm. very slight. I feel like this is this may be a good trade paperback read. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So as I. I, I as I was reading, and I went, Flamingo, that sounds so familiar. Pink Flamingo, Flamingo, why do I know that name? Turns out, Eduardo Flamingo is one of the villains introduced in Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin run when uh, Dick Grayson was Batman. Uh, 
I don't okay. know if he had a pink motorcycle. That actually looked a lot oh, like that Prince's familiar. motorcycle. Frank quietly was. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So this, yeah, this is a character that a Batman has fought before, but oh. not Bruce. And it wasn't this character. So does that mean that this is an El- not an Elseworlds, just like a not continuity kind of? There's not some not continuity stuff that's it, like. Or earlier, like Gord, like the fact that the police are drawing on him at all, mm-hmm. but Gordon is into him. Not mm-hmm. like it hasn't gone back and forth, but it just feels like a yep. little. But this character design is is like a a rabid accountant. This is right. uh, uh, yeah. A the, as we saw him before, it was like motorcycle. very yeah. yeah yeah very so, like very big flourish really. Yeah. Maybe very it's much the face like thing. Prince. Like yeah. he, they kind of implied that he wears the face. Well, they said I think that he wears the faces. Maybe he looks different. From oh, encounter to encounter, uh, but they certainly didn't say I f- it. <laughs> you know. I feel like that's a stretch. Yeah, all right. I feel like <laughs> it's just taking a a deep character and just doing yeah. whatever the hell he wants with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then the cliffhanger at the end of I'm sorry, the end of this issue. It's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. The end of this is some things are preordained. That would never mean that he deserved to be murdered. To be continued. Huh. All right. Hmm. I, gu- I guess I'll it, read was three. This, was this supposed to be a OGN? And they just like broke it out to, to get our money. I, I wouldn't be look, surprised. Yeah, it there is this way, doesn't it? It's like when you get as a soon TV as this, show as soon as this issue ended, places. Yeah, as soon as yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. As soon as this issue <laughs> ended, there was a part of me that was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe not pull it anymore and wait Good. till it's collected. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. the, like this, yeah. this really kind of bugged the crap mm. out of me. And and to be fair, especially with an artist and something to a degree, a writer like Warren Ellis, um, th- they both are creators that you may want to get everything in mm. before you dull it out. And then you probably decide on a marketing like, uh, we'll break it up into issues and then we'll collect it. Brian Hitch has probably already finished this or close to finish it. Mm. Finish it. Well, you, you better hope he yeah. is. Because otherwise this won't... I do hope. 12 issues. Yeah. But I guarantee this will be done before Doomsday Clock. But um, <laughs> Doomsday Clock comes out next month. Yeah. So Watch you it. say. Ah, I, I, would they, that's I, the joke he's done. No, it's forever. <laughs> oh, also, a little bit of tidbit. Uh, Gotham, the show, cast Raul Castillo as Eduardo Flamingo. So yeah. it's actually a character that has oh, okay. reached into okay. other A media. little bit of tidbit. About this art, though. <laughs> on my side. I'm a huge fan of Brian Hitch. I like Brian Hitch for, for the most part. There it is. Sometimes he, he can... Be a little samey in his faces and and his posing and stuff like that, but you, you never, you can always see that the man is working hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But this this book, because this issue was also inked by Kevin Nolan. Isn't this it? issue says art by Brian Hitch. Oh, so mm-hmm. Brian Hitch. He inked himself. He inked himself, and that that's where a little bit of the rub is because um, I think his inking. Because he's thinking himself is not as defined as I like to see him. Yeah, see Kevin Nolan on Brian Hitch is really nice. His well, I like get- Kevin Nolan on Brian Hitch. But I felt that in that first issue, Kevin Nolan inked it. I felt that Kevin Nolan didn't do what Kevin Nolan usually does, which is overdraw people. Right. Which, which I understand in 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 the case with Brian Hitch, I thought that. But in there, when I thought Kevin Nolan wasn't bringing his all and Brian Hitch was probably a little bit more sketchy in his pencils, as he probably tends to be um, if he knows it's going to be inked by somebody else or he's going to finish it in inks, I thought the combination of the two wasn't as strong. Mm -hmm. I think this one is a little bit more consistent because it's Hitch on Hitch, but it's still Hitch (laughs) being not a great 
anchor. Mm-hmm. Like I, Hitch's best anchor to me is Paul Neary. The guy, oh, right. The guy that usually inks on Alan, Alan Davis. Davis. Mm. That's his best inker. He he brings out the best in Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch is not a good inker on himself. 100%. When, when, he, when he inks his own stuff, the, his figures become a little bendy. Yeah. Like, like the way that he draws Batman mid-fight, like half of it is very detailed. The other half is just kind of like, mm, like mm-hmm. it's just a little off-center of the realism he seems to be going for. Right. Takes me out. Yeah. It, that being said, it's still ten thousand times better than most of the things on the shelf. <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah, it's just a, a, a nitpick. Um, I do want to say, as a positive, the opening page mm-hmm. is great. It as is soon really as you good. open into the yeah. story, you got Flamingo just lunging directly at you with like sharp teeth, and he looks crazed. Yeah. So it was it was a bit of a shock. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really nice way to start a story, if not so much the mm-hmm. way they ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, you let's guys move- think baby squids ink themselves? You made me ink. <laughs> I think that's what they say. The Dollhouse Family by M.R. Carey. What? Um, Mike Carey. M.R. Carey? M.R. Carey. <laughs> otherwise known as Mike Carey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Peter Gross with Vince Locke on the art. <clears throat> on Alice's sixth birthday, her dying great aunt sent her the birthday gift she didn't know she always wanted. A big, beautiful 19th century dollhouse complete with a family of unique t- antique dolls. In no time at all, the dollhouse isn't just Alice's favorite toy, it's her whole world. And soon, young Alice learns she can enter the house to visit a group of friends, straight out of a heartwarming children's novel, The Dollhouse Family. So this is a new number one. By the way, I do want to say, the diamond solicitation keeps going. (laughs) I ended it there. Because holy shit. Um, So yeah, this is uh, the second release in the Joe Hill-led Hill House imprint from DC Comics. Um, they got rid of Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, here's a Vertigo book. And now they're doing. See the whole. Th- I didn't care for them getting rid of Vertigo because it's a cool name and it sets it apart. But if they're gonna do all DC, DC Black Label, whatever. Yeah. That's one thing. But then why do this other imprint? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, although it's still DC to, at the top. Well, they're so. they're pop up imprints. It's it's not like um, it's it's not a a promotional line. Or like a, it's uh, like Young Animal with Gerard Way. Yeah, that's a good it, point. Just, and it does still say DC in the upper left, so yeah, it's different. It's from still Black Label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and to, uh, for all honesty, hmm. I like Joe, Joe Hill so much that the reason I picked up the Dollhouse Family is hmm. because Joe Hill's name is on it. I don't know who that is. Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Oh right, 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 right. And he's one books. of my favorite horror novelists. Oh, okay. Um, and he did Lock and Key. Oh yes, we were talking right. about one of my all-time favorite graphic yeah, yeah, yeah. novel series. Okay, um, and, and and real quick, over time, Vertigo became kind of like a, a catch-all for mm-hmm, everything that mm-hmm. wasn't DC. So to know that if you're getting a Hill House book, it's mm. horror. Yeah, you know, young animals is children. I, I nope. Well, young animals, not children. Well, 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 you know what I mean. Like things are a little I bit more. I think it's more um, like psychedelic and weird. But things are more yeah. defined teeny, as opposed to just being teeny. Vertigo, and you still didn't know exactly yes, what yes, you were getting sure. oh, yeah. under that yeah. heading. Um, They're readjusting their subgenres. So this reminded me, I don't know, did anyone else here watch the Shudder original series Creepshow? No. That just dropped a couple of months ago. It's an anthology horror show Hmm. uh, based off of the Stephen King um, movies from the Hmm. 80s. There was um, Creepshow 1 and Creepshow 2, both anthology movies. Hmm. And so they brought them back. And in episode one, there is a dollhouse-related horror story. Um, which was actually really quite good for being a super low-budget TV show. But it reminded me of this. But since no one else here has seen it, 
I will move on. Uh, so the Dollhouse family. Uh, Brian, yeah. this is the same team as? Uh, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. The Mike Harry and Peter Gross, uh, one of my all-time favorite works of fiction uh, in Totem. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, I, I, I know a couple people who have said that, yeah. and I have yet to read it. Oh, it is phenomenal. They're, it, yeah. they're it very yeah. soon, if yeah. not already. Uh, I seem to recall I'll one, look, but You I keep talking, I'll look yeah. at yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that is that is great, and it was really good to see this team back together. Um, I thought, you know, the writing kind of was reminiscent of that style in the mm-hmm. art. Uh, they do really big things really well you know like nature of the universe things yeah you know that kind of deal so when you had the whole sub not subplot but other thing going on with the being that crashed down to what became earth and all that kind of thing that was very cool and they also do the smaller um you know emotional Beats. kind of yeah really well too like the girl with the dollhouse and her dad and mom and everything um did you like it oh yeah i thought it was really good it was a really good entry into um, into this story it grabbed me it had that kind of otherworldly fantasy that i really like um about them uh i also really liked i didn't notice it till we were looking at it now but the indicio on the front that just says dollhouse the mm-hmm. dollhouse title that was really cool too yeah. it's probably nothing to do with uh them but um well, maybe yeah, it was probably marketing yeah but um or the design team i'm sorry not marketing uh, right right, right. They're part uh, of marketing. but yeah I, th- I thought like it really grabbed me it I'm intrigued by the the world that is set up. I really want to read issue two. Um, I'm all in. Well, it seems like I, I'm assuming they're giving us the origin of the dollhouse and the family, quote unquote family, mm. because it's it flashes back and forth between night late seventies London, mm-hmm. early eighties, mm-hmm. uh, and eighteen twenty six Ireland. Yeah. Um, and so there's some spooky shit happening uh, on both both timelines, but um, and of course we've got the abusive father. Uh, and the daughter takes her uh, takes oh, the law into yes. her own hands. <laughs> that was most interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to preface this with saying I actually really did like this. Okay. Hmm. I'm not going to read the next issue. Oh. Hmm. Um, I, well, I'm I'm probably going to I'm going to wait till it's collected. Uh-huh. I he keeps saying this, forgetting that he's on a comic book review show. Good. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> if it were if. If it were up to me, I'm I would not. Make you read. <laughs> if it were up to me, I would not read the next issue. Yeah, I, I know. I get it. I don't. I, I can't absorb these stories in, like horror stories especially, or supernatural mm. stories in episodic chunks like I this. Sure. Yeah. And then waiting yeah. a month. I, For stories that garner or, or need to kind of like keep inching out your suspense, mm. a 30-day period in between I have a lot of trouble with. I don't have trouble with it when it comes to more soap opera aspects or mystery aspects, but for some reason with horror, which for me is very visceral in the moment, mm. I can't read it dulled out into chunks like this. That is a yeah. very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. trouble it with it. It probably would be better as, because as a straight read. This was yeah. all questions and and possibilities and then an act of violence, and we're out. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I think I wanted a little bit more meat. The issue in and of itself is really good, yeah. and I really liked it, and I'm intrigued. I don't want to necessarily read this mm. in episodes. Okay. Yeah. I remember I loaned a friend of mine, Lucifer, and I think partially just because he liked it so much, but maybe that too. He was like, you read these one issue a month? <laughs> like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Right, you right, know, right. Like, how did you wait between, yeah. between them? I had the yeah. very same conversation with customers who I have um, given preacher books oh, okay. to. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they would come in 
I've had people return for more preacher within a day. Uh-huh. Um, one time, a guy came back for volume two hours later. He went and read it at the cafe mm. and immediately came back and mm. bought volume two. And I said, he's like, I could I had to get more. And I was like, yeah, I had to yeah. read it month to month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did like this book. Uh, I think this is an excellent uh, horror story. Uh, it, it feels appropriate in the Hill House mm. um, imprint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's two for two so far with the two releases. Yeah. So like I, everything I just said about horror books aside, I am very excited for the plunge. It's Joe Hill and Stuart Eminem, and yeah. anybody it would have to be Joe Hill writing it, like to get yeah. Stuart Eminem back out of his semi-retirement. Who's one of my favorite artists? I miss him so much. Every I day. Didn't know he retired. Every day. Yeah, like two years ago. How did you, you know what though? Did you feel that he's missing in your you world did. though? Because that it was like, an like shaped it was, that's what it was. It wasn't like a reality you knew, but it's one you felt. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was looking forward to the Lolo Woods because Carmen Maria Machado is writing that, and this is going to be her first comic as well. It's talking about novelists moving mm. to comics. Mm-hmm. Um, for a book club that we do at the local bookshop, we did uh, Her Body and Other Parties, which is a anthology ser- uh, story, um, a novel about um, sort of like uh, female horror and mm. stuff like that. So she's, she's going to be doing that, and I like her a lot. So. Uh, JD, I have a question for you about mm. this book. What did you think? So the twist at the end that we alluded to. What a twist. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was really intrigued by that because it's like this dollhouse gives her the ability to do one thing if she agrees to live there. Yeah. But she's promised her mom that she's never going to leave her, and that mm-hmm. probably has something to do with it. But she needs to get rid of the dad, right? Yeah. So... Does she still have one thing? I think she does. I think so, too. I think, I think yeah. this, like, so the house itself, uh, when she goes into it, has a quote-unquote family, mm-hmm. which I knew from the get-go was not going to be an actual family. There were people that were stuck in that dollhouse. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, you could come here and live with us, too. Hmm. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they seem to like it. We can, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take care of the yeah. dad, yeah. and then you can live with us. Yeah. And then so she leaves the dollhouse. And then murders the dad. Right. Be like, no, nah, I got this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Let me save that do yeah. thing for later. Very smart. Very <laughs> yeah. smart little girl. Right. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Event Leviathan number six by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malief from the Eisner Award. Blah, blah, blah. I just said all that. Uh, the shocking <laughs> conclusion to the biggest DC mystery of the year. Who is Leviathan? What do they want? How have they dismantled the most powerful secret agencies in the world, and what's their next deadly... Uh, so, um... Loved it! <laughs> so, I've enjoyed... Hated it! <laughs> I've enjoyed... Nice. <laughs> Children, ask your grandparents uh, what that's for. Or us. We're all age-appropriate. I'd, man, all right. So just cut to the chase. It's uh, look. It was a manhunter, and his name was Mark something stuff. Shaw. Mark Shaw. <laughs> Mark Shaw. It's one of the original manhunters. Yeah. You all, you all knew this. Yeah. yeah. The original manhunter. You all, yeah. without them telling you, you were like, oh, Mark Shaw, the original. Yeah, manhunter. yeah I knew, knew that before the manhunters from the Guardians were the retcon. I think. I think oh. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they were like, he was like, wait, like maybe even Golden Age. Yep. And and yep. they were like, oh, what if, if they were robots at the Green Lantern before the Green Lanterns, and that was the New Deal. So, is- have all right. You all knew. You all know this guy. Oh, Mark Shaw. Come Mark, on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know Mark, Mark Shaw. Yeah. You know Mark Shaw. Friend of, friend of the show, friend Mark Shaw. <laughs> Were you uh, were you a little militant, but a good dude? Did you like the uh, Did you like the reveal here that it was Mark Shaw after all this? No, you didn't I, like. It. Wait, <laughs> well they they teased it the last issue and then fully revealed it this one. So it was like a it was a good month of like I think it might be Mark Shaw. 
or it could be any mm. of the other Manhunters, or we don't know. Mm. So like, it was, I, I did Do like it. Do you care about the Manhunters? No. I don't need to care about the Manhunters. <laughs> I liked this large, different threat. How's it different? I mean, it's a different. It's not one it's of the Marshall. other supervillains. Yeah, it's it's, it's nah. a different kind of. Th- it's what we've said the whole time. I mean, there's is, no such oh, thing as originality. Right. See, yeah. I thought like so. I haven't read any of these, but I remember in our like the first issue discussion thinking, "Oh, it'd be cool if it was a villain trying to do good, but yeah. he's not." You know, and uh, I still think that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you can tell, uh, I did not care for this issue. Hmm. Um, the reveal of Mark Shaw, a character I don't know anything about, did not hit me emotionally in any way. It was, it could, it's, hey, here's guy, <laughs> guy, guy did thing. He, oh, he got beat. Cool, but the, because they kept building it up, uh, I think the the previous five issues were like, oh man, this is going to be a character that I know, and it's probably a hero that I know, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of Armageddon 2000, mm-hmm. where everything was built up to be, it's going to be, it's a hero, it's a hero that everyone mm. know and loved, mm-hmm. and he turned on us all, and the big reveal was fucking Hawk. I believe that was 2001. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I always, do that. I always do really? that. You're right. 2001. A great series. I loved all of the installations oh, for that. Oh, I loved it. All of the, like, when Wayrider comes by, and he... Touches the contact, your heart. and then yep. you see the future. Oh my God, those were some yeah. great stories. So good, and yeah. then the the end kind of ruined it. What was wrong with Hawk? It was supposed to be Captain Adam, but yeah. everyone guessed it was Captain well, it Adam. Leaked, so I believe. Or, yeah, yeah, and um, so they changed it. Well, it didn't leak to me. I just went. I wonder if it's Captain Adam. Um, oh really? Yeah. I so, don't remember. I they they dropped. Friends. They dropped a lot of clues that it was going to be Captain Adam. Yeah, oh so, yeah. Yeah. But and that so, shit with the hand. You remember? I thought that was enough. Like where Matt Ryder's trying to remember which hero saved him the whole time, and yeah. like, mm-hmm. the whole series, you see different gloves coming down. You're like, that was cool. You're like, that's Flash's glove. Uh-huh. That's this guy, you know. And then it turns out to be him yeah. as Wave Rider from the future. I've that's never, what I remember. Oh, I forgot about that. I've never. Yeah, yeah. I've never read this. It's oh, really good. Oh, it was good. great. It's yeah. Really good. It was alright. We'll I mean, talk about so I was young, and I don't remember being disappointed by the reveal because it was like oh Hulk becomes monarch it's cool why is this about yeah. age why so um <laughs> it wasn't so that's how i felt about this yeah that's okay. how i felt i felt yeah, yeah. similarly yeah i didn't yeah. feel i mean whereas i think le- to a lesser degree i don't think i felt betrayed by this story it was only six issues <laughs> you felt betrayed by the other one i did oh okay i did because right. i also had heard that they changed it last minute they just were like they well the, everyone at least so yeah. we have to change yeah. it it doesn't See, I really make sense. It was cool what they did with Captain Adam, but I didn't know. But like, I hadn't picked up on any of the clues. Oh, I was whatever. Right. It was nineteen ninety one. Yeah. I was ten. And yeah. So you know. Yeah, yeah. So to me, this series has not. I know that on, it is about who is and what is Leviathan, mm-hmm. but that has not been my enjoyment of these six issues. It's been these this hodgepodge of characters working it out because like the the time of the, the 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 whole time spent in the series is only like three hours. Right, it's overnight. Yeah, so I like all one day. every issue. I have been entertained by the sitting in a room with the question and Manhunter and Damien, and mm-hmm. so boom, by the time we got to the actual like reveal, Superman enters the story in like the third issue. Yeah, that's when it starts to become more about the you know what are we going to do about it and less about what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't felt like a slog for six issues for me. The reveal at the end was just like a oh cool what's next. Well I, that that's I, where I wind so, up is I'm looking for I'm glad that it's not just over. Yeah. I would have been even yeah. more annoyed if it was like we're done. Yeah. But now they have a chance. We know who Mark Shaw Shaw yeah I keep saying Spectre in my head. <laughs> uh, we know who Mark Shaw is and now we're going to set him up as this guy and now moving yeah. forward yeah. he's sort of this big villain. It's kind of like the hood. Remember the hood? In, I in did Marvel? like what he did with the hood. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So um, the other, my other issue uh, was that there are people on this team that don't feel like they fit to me. Hmm. Deathstroke uh, well, is on the, the team of greatest detectives. That's the secondary mm. team. So like, I don't, don't care. The first team was awesome, and then there was that second team that that Lois put together that I don't understand. John Constantine, Deathstroke, Harvey Bullock. Um, I get, I get, Dibney. Huh. Yeah, I and fucking Plastic Man and Zatanna. Huh. He is, Eel is a criminal turned detective, I believe, isn't he? Not as far no, as I know. No, he didn't. Detective. He never became yeah. a detective. He, oh. I mean, I guess he solved crimes as Plastic Man, but he was strictly a criminal first. And if you're going to have two like... detectives and they both have the... Okay. So the thing that... The, the way I was able to discern the differences between Plastic Man and mm-hmm. Elongated Man, mm-hmm. who are essentially the same power set to me. Mm, okay. Plastic Man Give is more take. powerful. Give, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Let's see where you're going. Is that Elongated Man is the one of the world's greatest detectives and his he's got the nose. The twi- oh, he he's smells nose, a mystery. He smells a mystery. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Plastic Man is the goofy right. yeah. goofy guy. He can also take forms. That, There's the difference. You know, like, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about but what I'm saying is you. as characters, mm-hmm. as right. people, right, right, right. they felt different to me right. and now yeah. it's just they're both detectives. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I it, it doesn't make any sense for Lois to get both of them, yeah. and if you're going, um, and if you're going to get uh, a detective, you are going to go historically with just elongated man. You're not even thinking about yeah. plastic man. If anything, you're saying I've got elongated man. I've got virtually two and one. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I'll call Jim? plastic man if I need somebody to hide out as a box somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got elongated man to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I see what you're saying with that. To me, this is what, unfortunately, one of the reasons that I've, I've hated comics um, over the last few years. Like you just said, this is six issues that happens over basically overnight. This easily could have been one, maybe two issues of a long-going series. The um, None of the characters, very few of the characters, feel like themselves in this book all of a sudden you know god bless they're doing something with lois lane you know okay i do like everything they're doing with her and and i appreciate that but i can't really fully appreciate it because this book is one of the ugliest fucking books i've ever seen (laughs) i i I take umbrage with that because we're going to get to that book later (laughs) (laughs) i said it's one of them um alex malev who i did love his work years ago with Brian Bendis on Daredevil has um, digressed so far with every time I pick up a book from him to this book I just felt is a a goddamn atrocious. There are people that are sitting there with with dull eyes, dull faces. I have absolutely no sense of what the emotion is that they are trying to uh, elicit based on the artwork. Um, the storytelling is blah. It is god ugly. I could not stand this fucking book. Um, I can take or leave Alex Malieve, um, but uh, <laughs> the things that um, bother me are last issue. We had um, a scene where he had imported a photograph yeah. of a character, of a, of, like a photograph of a man, a real world photograph that he traced over. For, what was it? The was question, it the question? I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just accidentally left it in there, yeah. and uh, didn't draw the hat as I recall. There was something. No, yeah. the hat was on. Yeah. Okay. But it was. But yeah, it was literally a photograph that yeah. the layer was left on. Yeah. In right. Photoshop. Yeah. Right. And right. then in here, we've got Superman 
Sans S shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just wearing a blue shirt, yeah. long sleeve shirt, and just just left out it's the like S. An old golden age comic where in the distance they just wouldn't put details. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. At least and this is not distance. Yeah. Right. No, it's close up. <laughs> it's a medium. Well, it's not a close up. It's well, a medium shot. Yeah. That's a close up. That's yeah. a medium shot. But it's just stuff like that where like who's the editor? There's yeah, there's an editing there isn't problem. One. Yeah. They just no. Um, oh, my other problem with this, and I hate that I have so many problems with this, is that. Batgirl. The big deal was, oh, Batgirl. She's undercover in Leviathan, yes, mm. and she's gonna she's gonna give us the 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 inside dope. Mm. And then all she does is she shows up and kicks Mark Shaw in the back. In the back. Huh. Well, she came. She was she was inside Leviathan, so she was able to kick him in the back. And now he's he going to be now he's going to be coming the, after yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Towards what? his back was the, where they were. The, yeah. Yes. Right. It's where they were. Yeah. The, the Guardian's a bad guy now. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought I saw that when JD shared the uh, missing S shield photo, and I was like, "Guardian, really? Well, yeah, well, he was—he was pretty good guy. He was um. Well, he, okay, here's he here's was what recruited. I do like about it is he that I don't he, think yeah. they are bad guys. I honestly don't see mm. this Leviathan situation as technically bad guys. I think okay. that they really do have the world's bigger view at. In, in scope, right? Okay. Mm. I feel like they're trying to get rid of all of the spy agencies mm-hmm. and release all of the, the government secrets mm. so that there's a world without all of these secrets mm. and underhandedness and, and, you know, what have you. Uh, I, I, I feel like they are people who have been trying to do good through different means mm-hmm. all of this time, and mm-hmm. none of that has worked. And so they're saying, we need to try something new. It's not like they've, well, they did murder Lane. Right, uh, uh, Lois Lane's, Lane's father. father. Yes and no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They murdered him. Um, he's he's the one casualty I, that I can think of. Everybody okay. else was teleported away. Okay, no and one's dead except for Lane. So is this? Would you say that they are acting in any way different from like you know Checkmate or any, you know like Amanda Waller has right. been around they're, they're doing like kind of dick things, things all the time that they're trying to they're, it's right, grander, but also not villain. Like, like that sweeping, was to your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're trying to to be the only as opposed to another. Yeah. Right. So sounds to me like they're trying to set up civil war. Oh, oh you think mm. some heroes are going to start joining them? That would be interesting. Actually, no, it wouldn't. It would well, be. It would be done doing. Would, let me restate. That would be interesting to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I did. I, I would did like to see that, that in the, I, in the I'm DC sorry, universe. Yeah. I would. I would see that. I would like to see that in the DC universe. Uh, it's something that Marvel always goes to all the time about heroes fighting, but the way that they do it in their like more proto-realistic your world versus. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the more altruistic reality of. The, I would actually be interested in seeing that. Mm. Look at the size of Zatanna's top hat. I know. I like That's this splash ass. page in the middle. You do? I do. Oh, I do not like Superman's I that, pose. I think I it like is Superman's totally pose. wrong. He, lo- he looks like he's like an old man trying to get up a hill. Like, oh, <laughs> he's he's. Why we gotta go over there? there. <laughs> he's charging. I love it. Oh, it's, 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 it's what is Superman charging? to your point, it does look like they're kind of like going up a little bit towards him. So why wouldn't Superman be flying? He is yeah, a big it, flyer. Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed when I turned to this splash page. I was like, what a strange pose for Superman. Do you think he would be like, yeah, yeah. like I'm coming for you, like yeah. fists out? Maybe yeah. they should have reversed the two. Yeah. Exactly. Batman's yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Batman's yeah. jumping. So is Robin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can get I can get down with Robin jumping through a portal. But yeah, it should like the the <laughs> they should be reversed. I like the pose of the female question. <laughs> She's really having some trouble. Her hair's flapping. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, the the design of Leviathan is still oh, I love top it. notch. I, like I love that. it. Also, the mask with the is so fantastic. Did you realize that he was disappearing here? There's a, there's a sequence where it's um 
you're down with the heroes. Leviathan has taken to the sky. Everything is blue, and he's making a powerful pose. And I was like, oh, shit, he's about to do something big. And then the very next page, the flip is, well, I, I, Batgirl going, damn it, so close. And I was like, wait, did he leave? What happened to him? Where did he That's go? That's what I'm talking about, the storytelling. Yeah. It, it's it's horrible, man. Yeah. It's, oh, God. Like I had to, tur- I had to so turn back and ugly go, book, man. oh, I think he's <laughs> disapparating. Um, I thought there was mist in front of him, but I think the bottom of him is supposed to be disappearing. You said you like this. You have just pointed out like about six or seven things that are eg- egregiously wrong. About I liked this it. No, I think I said I didn't like. Yeah, this. I'm oh, the did one you? That said I apologize. I'm the, I'm you know, the... you and Noel speak with one voice. That's yeah. right. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> we are legion. <laughs> uh, family tree. By Jeff Lemire and ah, Phil yes. Hester. Yes. When an eight-year-old girl literally begins to transform into a tree, her single mom, troubled brother, and possibly insane grandfather embark on a bizarre and heart-wrenching odyssey across the back roads of America in a desperate search for a way to cure her horrifying transformation before it's too late. Horrifying. This was pretty good. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I'm going to reveal a little thing here. I uh, I have nightmares about plant growth in my skin um mm. mushrooms specifically um i will look at my forearm in my dream and i'll be sprouting mushrooms and then i'll try to remove the mushrooms but kind of like breaking apart a really dry chicken wing all of my muscle and everything will come with it mm. and then inside will be more mushrooms mm. so this was pretty gross to me mm. do you um, like mushrooms in general like I, on your food they're fine okay i didn't I'll, know if the, the fear I'll led put some to salt on raw mushrooms and i'll just eat them that's, huh. no, that's, really? That's yeah, that's like a snack. I like them. Huh. All right, I was just in because you you've had nightmares of mushrooms growing out of you. I don't know if yeah. you just didn't want to eat them either. No, no, I'm fine with them. Uh, yeah, hmm. it's weird. Um, what about so, chicken wings? Because your I arm is like wings. ripped ripped up chicken. like a chicken wing. Another another nightmare I have a lot is where I'm um, pulling just lots and lots of long black hair out of my throat. Huh? Do you like do you like to like, eat hair too? Like a was her name Anara? What was her name from Samara? The ring from the ring. Like, just so much long black. Anyway, so this book happened. Like a magician pulling like a ma- out yeah, a... That's like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much hair can I have? <laughs> Tangents. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like this a lot. And like Noel said before we started recording, great to see Phil Hester back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I missed he's, him. He's, I like him a lot. He has a very specific style. It doesn't always work for all of the books he's been on, but I think here he's perfect. What did you think, Len? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I was immediately drawn into the the world. Um, I, I felt the character. I felt the first-person perspective of it um, drew me in. I, I uh, became one with this family. Um, from the mother to the daughter to to the son, I liked everyone had a had a singular voice. Um, I like even the perspective about how you know the end of the world just starts with one family at a time. I just I I loved I loved everything about this. Um, next to Black Hammer, this may be the the best thing I've read from Jeff Lemire primarily because a lot of his other stuff is more horror based Mm -hmm. and I'm not a big horror guy Um, and I guess this can maybe gets into that a little bit but I felt this sci-fi-ish a little bit more sci-fi than than horror so I I was just thinking this would have felt at home this issue one maybe not where issue two takes it but this issue one felt like it could have been at home at the Hill House imprint that we were just talking about Mm. and and it maybe could but I guess because your nightmares notwithstanding, I didn't read the plant thing as a, like a body horror type of thing. I felt it, like uh, Noel said, a little bit more sci-fi mm-hmm. aspect. And I guess because just like 
I was a longtime fan of The Walking Dead, which is horror, but it came at it from a human level perspective mm-hmm. first, and the horror was kind of like secondary. That's how I read this as well. And and I, too, am a huge fan of Phil Hester, so it was just fun to see him lock in sync with um, storytelling that fit his art style. So yeah. I was, I was, I'm in it. Nice. Uh, so I actually didn't get a chance. Oh, I started reading it, mm-hmm. and then... You know, a day passed, and then I forgot it, and I started reading the other stuff. I really enjoyed what I did read, which was only the first six, seven pages or so. Um, But, yeah, I liked the art, and it was an intriguing story, and I'd like to get back to it. Oh, everything you guys said, I I miss Phil Hester. The art was great. The Unlike – so let's say if we did take this in a horror perspective, unlike my problem uh, that I had that it's – solely my problem that I had with the Dollhouse family, this one gave me a very um, group, a, a very a very tight perspective of these three main characters mm-hmm. just traveling through this as opposed yeah. to a suspenseful happenance, mm-hmm. you know? So it was a much easier for me to grab onto as a sequential or as a serial story. Right, right. So I, I, I really, really did like it. And, it, you know, the body horror aside, it was just it was, it was interesting. And I, I can't wait to meet more of this uh, crazy-ass grandpa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like this. Uh, there's a couple of books now where you've got crazy Old. grandparents uh, or like fun uh, older people. Once older in future. People. Once, yeah, yeah. Once in yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I just finished reading um, for myself Starlight, the Mark mm. Miller, oh, Goran, yeah. mm-hmm. Goran Parloff, Goran yes. Parloff wow. yes. of just like a early 60s, late 50s badass uh. Buck Rogers who goes back and tries to liberate the planet that he Oh, that sounds cool. Forty years ago, yeah. and yeah. it was it was just wicked fun. Like oh, the, Crone also. I was about to say, yeah, we read Crone the older. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a pervasive theme. All right, let's move on. It's time for Thunder Out. Thunder Out. Thunder Out. <sighs> Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night. Uh, Brian is going to be doing a Thunder Round. Hey, Brian. Hey. Why don't you tell the person? Yeah. I almost said people. Why don't you tell the person (laughs) listening? um, What's a Thunder Round? Oh, a Thunder Round is a Thunder Round round is a sixty-second quick review of a particular book, generally by one person alone. Although we do occasionally do two thirty-second Thunder Rounds. Thunder Rounds in one Thunder Round. Thunder Round. Thunder Round! <laughs> so, uh, you can tell how far away the Thunder Round is by how long it takes Lead Thunder Round to come in. <laughs> oh, that was so good. All right. Uh, Brian. Yes. You're going to be doing Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night from Tim Seeley and Kyle Hot. 60 seconds is on the clock. Go. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I've been enjoying all of these uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Uh you know, callbacks to huge events of, of the past. I think I enjoyed the other two more, the Nightfall and Death of Superman. Mm. Um, but they were also more kind of uh, straight, singular twists on an idea. Yeah. Whereas this one was more of a whole other story about what could have happened in Black as Night. If you catch my drift, it wasn't just like this one thing is different and then it all turns bad. Um but overall, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am trying to find out how much time I have left on the Thunder Round, uh-huh. but JD will not reveal that information. <laughs> so um, I better skip to the part that More I like the most. 
when I thought it was a really fascinating to have Lobo turn out to be like they needed to reset the whole the whole universe and it could have been done. End of round. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I this, like your, your I like your delight. <laughs> you seem very This sucked. <laughs> in my uh, stymieing. I'm sorry, what? This sucked. Oh, you uh, didn't like Tales of the Dark. I mean, well, I mean, I don't like care for Lobo. It was a book of Lobo. Oh, and then, neither do and then I. all of a sudden, yeah. at, at the very end, like the twist in the story is, oh, Scott Free's gonna snap Dove's neck? Fuck that. Oh, that sucked too. This like is stupid. But it was dark. Like I knew shit was going no, down. Man. And I liked the idea of like like Lobo, it could have been so good, and then it was Lobo, and it was like that this is, this blows. Is, this is a callback to 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 Pink Apocalypse's email a long time ago about mm-hmm. um, continuity doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Character continuity, I adhere to. So no matter yeah. what the search situation at all, mm-hmm. Scott Free would not kill an innocent woman. Period. I was willing to accept Period. it because it's another reality. No, because it's it, the dark multiverse. Like, but the way Bruce Wayne's not going around. The way that these stories have been framed either, is that they are you know? they are like they're they're if someone made a bad decision in the story where that happens, the bad decision was made well before that, and everything mm-hmm. else is everything else is still the characters that you know making decisions in this new world. And I did not buy Scott Free in that moment, yeah. snapping Dove's neck. I didn't really buy that world. either. It but bugged the shit Bruce out of me. Wayne going crazy and killing a lot of people after being a dis like dismembered. Yeah, but Scott Free's going through like the entirety of reality has he's turned fine. into. A, he's, fine. A, a he's, fine. he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's he's on skates. He's but, okay. Yeah. No, I just thought it was an interesting twist that would his, really because his wife because his wife is a zombie now. He decides to kill all chances of the world coming back. Yeah. So Punisher Soviet, Noel. Yeah. Punisher Soviet, number one. Garth Ennis is back, y'all, right in the Punisher, uh, with art by Jason Barrows. Burrows, yeah, Jason Barrows. And inks by Guillermo Ortega. Noel's going to do a 60-second thunder round. Thunder round. This. Uh, one, one minute's on the clock, though. Um, I don't like the Punisher as a character inside the Marvel Universe for the most part. He's like... He's a force of nature that shows up at the cliffhanger of other books <laughs> that you get excited about. But as soon as he, you know, has his own, it's a little. It, it, the motivation is only so far, and it, it's a little rough. However, when a good writer just has anything they want to do with him outside of like normal continuity, magic happens. This book is awesome. Hmm. It's just straight up awesome, like old school Punisher Max. A bunch of a bunch of uh, Russian gangsters have been killed, and the Punisher's a little miffed about it because it wasn't mm. him. It mm. was done <laughs> in the same exact fashion. Like he, the, the, there's a whole scene where he's going through the crime scene, and he is almost admiring the work that was done. And now it's this this <laughs> this mystery as to who is picking off all of these gangsters, um, almost before he has the chance to. And it's it's just it's a really fascinating wrong. story. <laughs> The art was great. It's no, really no, no it, you shut up. It's really interesting that you should say I often think about the Punisher. Like he sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> if he was but if he was in an action movie, that's you know, it's totally fine. If yeah. he's in his own story where he's like guy with guns, yeah. no superpowers killing people, ah, it's great, it's great, it's whatever. It, but it's, as soon as he's with superheroes, it's like no. None I'm of them done, would, you know, none of them would it, tolerate it. Like that's not yeah, that's not the world that like this it, shit lives in. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. like I'm trying to read Spider Man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Len's gonna be doing Black Stars Above Number One, written by Lonnie Nadler with art by Jenna Cha. Sixty seconds on the clock, go. 
Okay, so Black Stars Above it tells the story of Eulalie, a fur trapper. Um, actually, she is a, of a family of fur trappers back in the year of 1887. Oh. Uh, it's a historical, cosmic, kind of like horror-tinged book because it tells the story about how she, in this, uh, in the northwest of, well, I guess actually maybe in Canada, um, has to deliver this package through this mystical wilderness. Um, she is a First Nations uh, Indian, so it was nice to see a story from that perspective. The world building in this is very evocative. The art by Jenna Cha is gorgeous. I felt like I was back in 1887, um, real world specific. The voice is great. The story is told it from the perspective of Eulalie's um, uh, like diary complete with crossing End out. of round! <laughs> it does come upon you more suddenly when you can't see the right? clock. Sounds, I thought it would yeah. be more fun. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I do. I and the, yeah, the yeah, cover is really uh, uh, This is a variant cover um, that is a homage to Greg Rucker and Steve Lieber's Whiteout. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Which is very cool because not only is it a, a homage to it on the back, <laughs> they give like a little short little uh, blurb about Whiteout. You know, oh, that's, that's really cool. cool. That's yeah. cool. So that's uh, is that a credit? Is that too. a contemporary book, or how long ago was Whiteout? Uh, Whiteout ten is ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Long time. Okay, yeah, a while, okay. while ago. It actually they made was a movie. A, made oh. a movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there were was it two Whiteout books? And I have two. I think it may have been actually a third one. Hmm. That's so neat. This is actually um, not the original cover of Whiteout. It is a reference <laughs> to a new edition, or a more recent edition of Whiteout, printed with a Frank Miller cover, I believe. Huh. Yes. So this is the Frank Miller cover. Redo <laughs> for yeah. Anyway, very cool. Uh, that looks awesome. I didn't I didn't order any in. I didn't know if it was gonna be any good, but now I might because you you say it's so good. Noel, last up. Yeah. You did a graphic novel in OGN called November, written by Matt Fraction with art by Elsa Charitier. Sixty seconds ago. Um, so I picked this up on a whim. I found myself wondering, what's, what's Matt Fraction been up to other than sex criminals? And then this just kind of showed up at the shop, and I picked it up. It is a beautifully drawn um, story. Uh, it's a bunch of vignettes, uh, five different five different chapters of uh, a day in a life or a specific event in these disparate characters' lives. And then as it's going, you start to see exactly how they connect to each other. A, um, a 911 call... Um, a uh, 911 person uh, taking the calls, operator. taking the calls. Operator, thank you. Um, on her third shift, uh, a woman that does um, that finds a gun in a puddle. Um, uh, uh, a guy that works at the evidence locker that steals things every once in a while. Like all these little disparate stories are starting to tie together. This is one of three graphic novels. Um, it's a wonderful read. The art is fan fucking tastic. It's like a, it's like a cross between. Um, Two people that I like. So this is, yeah, yeah. I knew it was coming. You knew it was high language change. <laughs> no, this book is great. I said I read it all in one sitting, and it was yeah. just so fun. Still, well, I'm, I'm passing it to everyone else. Passing it to you. Is it cross, cross between two people you like? Yeah. <laughs> Fallen angels. X marks the spot. Oh right. Oh, X marks yeah. the X spot. Yeah. X spot. Um, this is where we talk about the books that Hickman has brought us with the new X-Men series. Mm. Series. The gifts, the gifts that Hickman has brought. Yes. Um, we're going to start off with Fallen Angels, number one, written by Brian oh, Hill and art by Simon Trug 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 
Kudransky. Hmm. That's the one. Kudransky. Simon Kudransky. The dawn does not break for all. Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it. But when a face from her past returns, only to be killed, she seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Cable and X-23 join Quanon for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. She's Psylocke. She goes by Psylocke. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was just <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, she's insistent. <laughs> she's very insistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whoever wrote these uh, solicits, the well, they don't respect her wishes. Yeah. yeah. You know who, you know, it's like who's really insistent upon it is like Marvel editorial. It's like, <laughs> no, this is Psylocke. Yeah. She's Asian. She was born Asian. She's mm-hmm. not Betsy Braddock. This is Psylocke. Um, so, Len, I have my feelings about this book, but mm-hmm. you came in slapping, just slapping down your opinions what was your opinion of Fallen Angels number one? Oh, I'm sorry. This is garbage. Oh my god. Oh. This is it. The art is this. The art is very bad. <laughs> the art is very bad. There's very gratuitous in some places. Um, uh, it's just like non-coherent. I didn't feel. I don't care about Psylocke. So with this reintroduction into the world of X-Men. Am I going to care about Psylocke? I still could give two fucks about mm. Psylocke. Mm. Um, she, you know, I I appreciate that they are, you know, um, acknowledging that there were some quote unquote missteps with the character over the years, and now they've separated the two, Betsy Braddock and Psylocke, whatever, um, and now they're dealing with that. So she prefers Psylocke. <laughs> She she says it. It's in the text. <laughs> um, so I appreciate that, but the way they're going about it, at least in this book, I found incoherent, and and the art did not make me want to, you know, find coherency in it. So uh, I didn't enjoy it at all. All right. I'm I'm in the middle. I um, I loved the story despite hating the art that's where i wound up and when you said when you say gratuitous i i want everyone to understand that's not how there's nothing like cheesecakey about it salacious really the panel the panel layout is Mm. gratuitous Mm. the 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 gutter work is gratuitous the weird brush strokes that frame splash pages is gratuitous it just it's all busyness for no reason Mm -hmm. and it just becomes gratuitous yeah <laughs> like why is this here it's not helping the story if anything it's hindering it yep it's making me kind of dig deeper to understand like to, to like like this what is this with all the flowers outside of every panel the gutter work that you're talking about well, is distracting well but, uh, i think we've seen that time and time again within the hickman new uh, x-men books when there yeah. are cohen things happening i've noticed a lot of yeah. floral uh pattern work um behind the panels it's a good point but it in here like stems and and sticks are the actual panels like yeah. it's i thought that was kind of cool i, I like that I, I didn't i personally didn't like it at all and i was even more upset about these weird um oh her frames around powers. like psylocke powered frames stro- yeah. brush strokes around panels i was just like this is this is deterring from yeah. my enjoyment i, I didn't mm. like it at all i didn't like the art at all mm. but by the end of it the story was kicking it i really really dug it yeah. and, and the reveal at the end of that goes back to the very beginning of the book was like like it it made me feel gross in like a a very you know draw me in kind of way and like i said i i am a bit of a fan for brian edward hill and this just kind of keeps proving it like he's able to take things that everything in this book on its own i don't give a shit about (laughs) i don't care about 
Psylocke. I don't care about X-23 too much. I, I liked her a little bit in Tom Taylor's run. That was fun. But if alone, without a writer, I'm not really care. That This new Cable. Bleh. But all of these together and the story he's trying to tell, I, it drew me in. I liked it a lot. I have a couple of emotions about this book. I think that... While the artwork does not work for me on the whole, I think that there are splashes of loveliness within it. And I, I, some of it may have to do with the colorist, hmm. um, who I should have brought. I should have said who it was. Mm -hmm. The colorist is Frank D'Armada. Frank D'Armada uh, does a lovely job with the wide openness when we're on Krakoa and the beautiful colors of um, all of the plant life within and all that sort of stuff. I think is really cool. Uh, and this, oh, this image of Magneto. This is a great little oh, yeah. establishing shot of Magneto on his throne now that Xavier yeah. is dead. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of running things and kind of reveling in it a little bit because that's as he would. Um, <laughs> but um, the, I think the shadow work is a little problematic. It doesn't work quite well. I don't think the shadows fall where they need to on a form, hmm. on, on any given form. They hmm. don't feel correct. Um, as opposed to like Jay Lee, who has, is a hmm. master of light and shadow. I don't think it really works as well here. Um, but as for the story, there were a couple of things I did like. Uh, I like that it's a smaller team. I was like, oh, we've got three characters. We've got hmm. Psylocke, Laura, X-23, and Summer's uh, cable. Nate. Yeah. Nate yeah. cable. Nathaniel. Um, Nathaniel, yeah, thank you. Nathaniel Dayspring Summers, I think his name is. Um, and I was like, oh, good. It's a nice, tight little team. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a, like a 10-person team like some of the other Xbox we've seen so far. Uh, it, feels, it feels nice. Um, and I've been interested in the idea that there is an Asian woman, an assassin, who then had the um, brain, the mind of a white British woman mm -hmm. controlling her body for the past I don't know how many years and she has sort of been locked away in the consciousness of this white woman See, who's I, controlling her body I thought they had switched and uh, no, they, no they've kind of like explained what really was happening oh but we, everyone thought they had switched right like right. that was okay okay so I thought that was really neat and now the Asian woman is finally able to come mm. to the forefront of her own body mm. and have her own decisions given agency agency is the word I'm looking for yeah, yeah. um that being said, yeah. I wonder if is Brian Hill a white guy? No. What is he? He's a black gentleman. I believe. He's a black gentleman. Yeah. He's not an Asian woman. No. So I, I feel like it's also kind of interesting that an Asian woman who is finally getting to be have her own agency and mm. speak as an Asian woman is being voiced by a black man, um, someone who's not an Asian woman. But right. that's you know, that's how writing comics goes sometimes, right? Right. Yeah, um, but it's just a note I took in my head. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm not offended or anything. Right. Um, and I like that Laura's back because I just love X23 as a character. Mm. She's a lot of mm. fun. Um, moving forward, she tells those people. She tells the other teammates, "Go find me a bigger team." So then I go, "Oh man, <laughs> I kind of like that we were having a small team." So I, I did like the story of this. I like this first issue. The art was a chore to get through, honestly. Mm. Uh, but I didn't think it was. As, as I a liked. whole, garbage. Yeah, like, I didn't mind the art. It's not the kind of style that I would usually gravitate to, but like I was, I was cool with it. I'm with, I think, all three of you guys. I don't really care about Psylocke that much. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, an '80s, '90s character that I was always like, oh, she's fine. She's on the X Men. You know, she's kind of street level, whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. Her name Quanan. I like pieced together through this is the same as Quan Yin, uh, oh. one of my 
mom's uh, favorite bodhisattvas, um, who's like a Buddhist ah. figure. And when they reference that Kuan An is all about peace and all that, I was like, oh, Kuan Yin has other names. Um, I, I we didn't mention it at all, but like the the conceit of the book that drug sounds yeah. so it sounds cool. Hmm. Like it's it's a because it, like. You hear about that all the time with people that synthesize their actual like drugs with household right. products or like mm. all the components are are legal but D- together together mm. it's 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 you know right, right. Yeah. addictive whereas this is like technology based so yeah. all of these separate pieces are legal and yeah. they can't regulate it but it could burn your brain. I'll give you that, that was cool. I may be giving the story short shrift because of just not. It's a hard barrier. Me back. Mm. It's yeah. a, it was a really yeah. hard barrier for me. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I mean, I'm not that interested in the next issue. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, thought it was a good I story. It was a cool story. I w- if we weren't reviewing it, I wouldn't pick up the next issue. It's just not the, like, character sets or kind that I'm that I'm going to be drawn to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and as maybe a good transition to X-Men, uh, Xavier has been, has been killed? Really? Yeah. Like, I thought the whole deal, it was like... Oh, that's not much of a cliffhanger, but they are all treating it as though it's a big deal. Like, well, why think, is that? Well, I got a funny feeling they're trying to tr- treat it as a big deal as to not give away what maybe actually is going to happen when you get to the second issue. Yeah, but they kind of stated in Towers of X and House of X, it's like, oh no, they die, they come back. Like, well, I but uh, so I think that I think the the big deal at the end of X Force number one was not necessarily that he was killed. Um, the helmet was destroyed because he was always backing up. The yeah. the mines and right. the uh, so killing him and destroying the helmet at the same time that makes dead dead. If that so, was a, a so concern, like, they were like, able it to came up. They were able yeah. to you know like kind of replenish the population up to a point, but then after taking him off the board, dead is dead now for the rest of these stories going forward. That's Maybe not forever, uh, and they'll probably like, bring him back. But why do that? Like, why set up the whole, like, hey, you know what's really interesting? They can always come back. Oh, issue one. No, <laughs> not anymore. Well, and and to not even mention, like, they can always come back unless Xavier and the helmet are off the board at one time. I mean, I mean, you, you know, you if you have a unstoppable protagonist, yeah, you got to give him a, a, a handicap. That's essentially what they did. Oh, so that's they, they not established an issue. all of this. They didn't all bring of this. It up, you know? They established all of this, like. Great things as they can do, yeah, and how great they're going to be yeah, great, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. pulled it away. See, that was what was so interesting about it was like, oh, it's a really different. Like they have a thing that will very much change mm-hmm. what is happening, and obviously there are still other things that will very much change it. But it's like, you know, I wouldn't even mind if they pulled it away if they had said, "Hey, this could be pulled away." But it, they introduced it as like, hey, the interesting thing is this can't be pulled away. <laughs> you know? So let's wrap it up with X-Men number two, written by Jonathan Hickman, uh, art by... Lenil Lenil, I can never Lenil do it. Lenil Francis Yee. Uh, with inks by Jerry Alanguilin. When an island full of unspeakable horrors appears on the horizon, the X-Men have their work cut out for themselves, keeping Krakoa safe. So this was... Um, not a continuation of the first issue. No. This was just a <laughs> side story of uh, Cyclops taking his his uh, two teen children, mm-hmm. or uh, 20s, I don't know, 
ages, yeah. ages but a Hard number. Say, especially with, his with two children, cable. Yeah, his two <laughs> children on a mission because there is a island that's approaching, or there's an island out in the Pacific that um, Krakoa is attracted to and is starting to move towards it. So they go to recon this island, mm-hmm. and there's giant monsters on it. There's some crazy stuff happening, and it's really just kind of like a little survival story mm-hmm. of trying to find out what is going on in this island before Krakoa comes and um, mates with it. I was surprised yeah. we got that payoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. This, in coitus right this there immediately, with the, with the This absolutely felt like um, Avengers World Hickman stuff. Yeah. Because it was, <laughs> you would get these weird side stories, and I do that with air quotes, <laughs> that don't seem to matter at all, but then 40 issues later, oh, it'd be yeah. like, oh, well, we met the magic summoner on that random yeah, island yeah. five yeah. five years ago and we, this is the one that did well blah, this blah, blah, blah. was seeded earlier i think this is the other half of yeah. krakoa that <laughs> uh that apocalypse remember seated. saved them but then part of it was broken off yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just wild this was yeah. super wild i don't necessarily know if i love the whole um immediate familyness of it mm-hmm. because as far as i know continuity wise rachel summers i have no idea how old she is i have no idea how old Cyclops is, and but they're the way that they're drawn. He just talks to her immediately, like, you know, uh, an old doting dad. Well, yeah, she she calls him father, right? I, but doesn't call him Cyclops. She's always like father. Yeah. I don't father. That's Papa? kind of this X Men book. I think is yeah, and then is the immediate Summer's Gray family, yeah. you know, and that's the driving force. Whatever, whatever led to that, it, fe- yeah. it feels weird because Cyclops has been gone for so long, and these yeah. characters are relative. Well, Rachel's not, but. Baby Cable is relatively new to me. I don't really know. I don't get the dynamics. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little jarring to read, but it's not a full deterrent. I forgot that she's his daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they didn't really... I don't think he raised her or anything in her timeline or anything like that. Um, I don't even know if he... I'm not super familiar with her past, but I'm not sure that she knew him as a child. You know? Yeah. but yeah, maybe it, this version did. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. That that dynamic is unexpected, at least between mm. them, that they would have this familial bond. Yeah, and it um, was it was yeah. the last issue too, with uh, Baby Cable being like, "Dad, I want this gun." Yeah. I'm like, "What's happening?" It was yeah. weird. Strange, right? <laughs> Especially him being it. in the other oh, yeah. one, Fallen Angels. Like yeah. the characterization is definitely different. Yeah. He's more like. Papa? Cutesy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Papa, Here, I brought you to... ammunition. Yeah, and I'll just give it to this other person <laughs> yeah. and oh, heal up. Oh, he's a troubled individual, but like yeah. in a in, is he is he just socially incredibly inept? He must like be. I'm I'm going to give him a gift and it's going to be okay. It was a grenade. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. it wasn't. He didn't do it. He did it altruistically. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was I, surprised. The thing that the thing that I want most in the world, the thing I want most in the world is another grenade. So clearly, this individual wants yeah. a grenade. I mean, I like it. It's fun. It was I, fun. I yeah. l- laughed out loud several times in this issue. Hmm. There was a couple of times where I was like, I actually made sounds. I don't. I can't. I can't. I have no idea what I'm reading, yeah. like hmm. as a whole, but it's fun. <laughs> it's, speaking of going back to your Hickmanisms, yeah, um, we've got a character that is black and white yeah uh, we've seen that in the avengers before classic hickman also isn't there a wasn't there a character with the word mall in it yeah what that was an avengers character the Dark ebony mall Ma- no the, uh, the ebony, ebony mall Ma- the ebony mall one Dark of Thanos's, uh, this is the iraq mall the iraq mall which i guess is a place but yeah that was a nice surprise with the two uh islands mating yeah, yeah. i thought it was strange that krakoa and this other i'm trying to find the name of the other island Accra. Uh, yeah, it's something Erica. with all the Krakoa letters. So yeah, but it was basically just 
Krakoa rearranged. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But didn't Pixar first introduce us to the idea of islands, islands. mating yeah. in their short film? Lady <laughs> Islands. Like yeah, so. Um, I, I do like the idea of the summoners and the symbology mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I thought that was kind of cool. And the uh, apocalypse connection, like they yeah. are the descendants of maybe his first horseman. It's yeah. unclear. And but, I, yeah. I completely forgot in the first issue of this that um, uh, the full in black negative space looking character that showed up for like two seconds... Do you remember? In the first issue of In the of first issue of X-Men 1. I do not remember that. Like, what is they that? were on a mission, and yeah. this it looked, she looked a little bit like Black Swan, but it was like, uh. the, like they, the the coloring was like Mr. Negative. It was just like okay, pitch yeah. black with white outline. Okay, yeah. Um, she showed up in the first issue. They paid really uh. no mention of it other than, like, she disappeared. Um, and mm. then you've got this, like, full white character yeah. as a summoner. I, I'm wondering if it's kind of... If we're seeing things that are being re- that, are, that are being introduced and related yeah. without telling us... All at once, Show don't which tell. which is it's Hickmany. That's Hickman. Super Hickmany. It's a gorgeous yeah. book. I'll tell you that. I love Lanelle Francis. Use uh, art has grown on me over yeah. the years. I you know what uh, I know a lot of people that don't care for his figure work, but I actually really really like, I like it. his liney kind of nature. It really mm. works for some things. Mm. Other things not as much, but I really enjoy it. Also, uh, to support your other point. I wanted to make sure it was the case. In the interstitial stuff, you know, so this guy who's all white with the black symbol, Three. when they describe the symbols, yeah. Um, when they describe the symbols, though, they also show it as all black with a white symbol on the background. So I think that plays right. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of, well, I mean, it's Hickman, so there's a lot of symbology. Um, but uh, back to your Lanil U tip. Um, there are some books where I just don't know if he's right. He's the right like, artist. For so yeah, like he, yeah, when, yeah. Um, when they re- when they relaunched Captain America with Tanahasi Coates, he was the original artist on it for like the first six or seven issues, and it just didn't feel. It don't feel. Right. It didn't feel yeah. right. Yeah. It was. It was a good book, uh, but when they moved on to other artists, it just it really kicked a little bit more. Whereas this, I, it just it feels. He has a very like off center style. So when it comes to um, outcasts or or you know like mutants, it fe- it yeah. almost feels yeah, tonally yeah. a little bit more in line with him shining whereas yeah. mm-hmm. captain america I, I know he did um superman birthright that's the first place i saw him with mark wade yeah it was great but it was it worked it because was, he was an alien the whole time like yeah. he wasn't superman with air quotes until the end of the story so like that kind of other and even that worked. i thought it was like a little he has a little grittiness to yeah. him sometimes that works really well for certain books and characters and i remember thinking superman like this is good but it's not the art that i would choose for superman which was fine because there's so many different Superman yeah. things. Uh, I also found this note: the things that he summons are w- black with the white yeah. symbol. So again, maybe there's that. a there's a lot of little little mm. little Easter eggies. Well, that's it. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it. We've done a whole show. Let's get out of here. Right. I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to help the show out, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Johnny Destructo or Coffee.com. Johnny De- slash Johnny Destructo, which is K-O-F-I. Uh, the money did go to use. Thank you so much for everyone who donated. I was able to get us some new microphones and some table stands for the microphones, which is uh, it's nice. I liked it a lot. Thank you so much for your help. And uh, Noel, where can people find you? Um, uh, they can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, um, B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. But also I would say um, if you enjoy anything that we do, um, 
rate, like, subscribe, go on our Facebook page, engage with us. We're on there, and you can talk to us through that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And we would love to hear from you. Brian. BrianLeaveDesign.com, B-R-I-A-N-L-I-E-B, Design.com is where I can be found. Len. Hey, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Bat Tribble. I am um, one-sixth of the geek group Black Tribbles. We're also available on all the social medias. And as a podcast and radio show, look us up. Find us. Holla, 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 the Tribble. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.